welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, husband, father of nine, founder of Familius, fly fisherman, and outdoor enthusiast living in the beautiful California Central Valley. For the video of this podcast, please view it on the Familius YouTube channel. Now, we welcome today's guest, Erica Sargent. Now, Erica is the founder of Multicultural Parenting, an organization that helps parents raise their children with a better understanding and appreciation of their cultural heritage. She graduated from Brigham Young University with a BA in communications, which she has put to work for over 12 years in marketing and PR. With three kids, two dogs, and one husband, her days are kept busy, but not too busy to help other multicultural parents. She is also the author of Dogs Will Be Dogs, the Ultimate Dog Quotebook. Today, we're discussing specific ways that parents can incorporate more culture into their homes and families' upbringing. This podcast aligns with the familiar's habits love together and learn together. You can learn more about the familiar's 10 habits of happy families by going to the Habit Hub blog on familias.com. Erica, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Christopher. Well, we should, for full disclosure, we should know that Eric and I have known each other for almost 10 years now, I think, right? Yes. But I was introduced to this multicultural parenting by you, and I don't know much about it, so that it sounded very interesting to explore. Now, let's begin. So what is multicultural parenting? So multicultural parenting is an online community that works to help families raise their children with a better understanding and appreciation of their cultural heritage. So it includes a blend of, of interviews, resources, actionable item steps, and personal experiences from multicultural parents, myself included. Uh, so there really is something for everyone. And while there is a, a heavy focus on families that are multicultural in the sense that they're multi-ethnic, they come from different ethnic backgrounds, different racial backgrounds, the term multicultural really does extend well beyond that. For example, families that have parents from different religious backgrounds, that's a great example of a multicultural family. And so our goals at Multicultural Parenting, we just like Familias has their habits for a happy family. We also have three pillars that Multicultural Parenting stands on. So the first is we celebrate, second is we educate, and third is we participate. So we help parents celebrate their cultures with everyday living. We help parents educate their children about their cultures in a meaningful way, a very mindful way. And we also encourage families to participate in their cultural communities. Okay. So it sounds like this is very important to you. So why did you create multicultural parenting and what is your own background? Yeah. So there was an article way, way, way back in 2013 by National Geographic, and it was called The Changing Face of America. And it talks about identity issues that children of mixed racial backgrounds face. And it resonated with me very deeply because flipping through those pages, I saw mixed race after mixed race. And I saw, oh, hey, that, that kid looks like me when I was little, or hey, that kid looks like my cousin. And I'm what you might call a cultural melting pot. I'm, I'm half Japanese. I'm the third generation born in Hawaii. I lived in Japan for five years and I lived in Brazil for a year and a half where in one city, I was actually the only American in the entire city for a time. And so I'm fluent in Portuguese. And then when you add my husband, he is of Danish and French descent. His parents lived in Europe for eight years and he's fluent in Argentinian Spanish. So you combine the two of us. And if I'm a melting pot, our kids are cultural cauldrons, uh, just a 
big mesh of different backgrounds. And after I had my second daughter, I was really looking for ways to purposefully incorporate my kids' cultural heritage into their upbringing. And I think it's really important for your personal identity to understand who you are, where you come from, and the cultures that are part of your home and your family lifestyle. And even if you don't embrace it, you at least learn to respect your cultural heritage. It's a part of who you are and you can't change that. You can pick your friends, but not your family. Right, right. And there's not a lot out there. So when I was looking, I couldn't really find much in terms of general multicultural parenting resources. There are a lot of options if you're looking into specific cultures. So if I were looking specifically into our Japanese heritage, there's lots of resources on that. Or if I were looking specifically into raising bilingual children, there's lots of resources on that. But when it comes to bridging and embracing multiple cultures and incorporating that into your the way you raise your family, there's not really a lot of resources out there. And so I couldn't find what I needed. And I so if you can't find it, you create it, right? So I that's how multicultural came to be. And I know there's a real need for this. There are actually scientific studies and scientific laws about people in situations just like mine. For example, there's a law called Hansen's Law, which talks about how third generation of immigrants start looking to revive and reconnect with their cultural heritage. And that's me. I'm a third generation to a Japanese immigrant. There's also a term called a third culture kid, which is used to describe individuals or kids who grew up in a country outside of their nationality. And that's my family. We watched home videos of my brother who spent his childhood in Hawaii, and he had a very heavy pigeon accent because that's where he went to school. And then shortly after we moved to Japan, and that's where he went to through elementary and part of middle school. And then, so his first experience with a quote unquote traditional public school was when he was a preteen. And I can't even imagine the culture shock. You're dealing with preteen issues, and now you have to deal with culture shock as well. And so third culture kid is a term that it's out there, it's being studied. And so there are these studies and terms, but as parents, I really want to provide a way that's as simple and actionable steps that parents can use and access in a way that works for them because you have many children. I have kids. Parenting is hard. There's already a lot on your plate. Multicultural parenting isn't meant to pile more onto your to-do list, but it's to help you approach parenting in a mindful way that connects your kids with their cultural heritage. Okay. Well, well done. That's really amazing. Uh, Tremendously meaningful. Now let's kind of get into the nuts and bolts. So what can parents do? What are some things they can do to celebrate their culture with their kids? Yes. So the first pillar of multicultural parenting, like you said, it's to celebrate. And when we think of celebrate, we think of over the top, right? Birthday parties, anniversaries, weddings, things that are big celebrations. But my approach to celebrating your cultural heritage is a little bit more subtle. I believe that celebrating your cultural heritage is through the little things that you do in your everyday living, where you really just kind of seamlessly incorporate it into your lives and the lives of your kids. So some ways that you can just naturally incorporate celebrating your culture on a day-to-day basis are things like the music you turn on and listen in your home, or the programs that you, you turn on for your kids or that they play, the games that they play. There are so many diverse programs nowadays where they feature diverse characters, diverse casts, diverse scenarios. And so that's a great way to celebrate your culture, something that you're probably already doing. Another great way is Cooking. I mean, do you like to cook? Is food a big part of your family, Christopher? Oh, absolutely. 
the family that eats together stays together. <laughs> right. Well, our family's going to be together for a long, long time then, because we sit down, we eat meals together, and it's something cooking, it has to get done. Feeding the kids, it has to get done. And so by incorporating recipes that have cultural backgrounds or even personal cultural significance is a great way to introduce and celebrate your culture, even if it's just little snacks. So I have to tell you, all of your recipes that you try, if you're branching out and trying new cultural recipes, they will they will not be winners with your kids. <laughs> I still can't get my kids to eat nodi, which is seaweed. They're not fans of it and they probably never will be. But surprisingly, they love arare, which is a, a Hawaiian snack. And ironically enough, arare is often sprinkled with seaweed. They don't know, right? But they love it. And so trying new foods is a great way to introduce and celebrate your culture. And Familius has some great cookbooks. I just I want to put a plug in there for Familius cookbooks. You have a great line of cultural ethnic dishes that the recipes are very approachable for parents that are either experienced or just getting into cooking cultural dishes. It's approachable and it's doable. So thank you, Familius, for creating a great line of cookbooks to help with this celebrating culture. Well, thanks. We, we always appreciate a plug like that. So <laughs> we've talked about celebrating. Let's talk about education. So now, how do you recommend we begin educating our children about their multicultural background? Yeah, so educating is a much more deliberate approach. I mean, you think about educating, you think about systems and programs. It's a much more structured way to teach your kids. And that is what educating your kids about their cultural heritage is about. It's a much more deliberate approach. So this is where I delve into the resources that are available because I'm not a cultural expert. I don't know every single story that has Hawaiian and Japanese and Portuguese and Brazilian connections. I just don't know that. I'm not that deep well of knowledge for my kids. But there are resources available that are great tools for parents that want to educate their kids in a very deliberate manner. So the first is, I mean, you're a publishing house. Books. I love books. And so public libraries are a big resource that I use when it comes to educating my kids about their cultural history. There are so many books out there, picture books, nonfiction books that serve as resources for me as a parent. And it's a fun way for my kids to learn. They don't really realize they're learning when they're reading a fun story. So I like to look up titles ahead of time and reserve them from the library just to guarantee that they're there and go in and pick them up. And we, we like to go once a week. It's a nice family outing, get some new content, some new books to read at bedtime and resources at the public library are free, which is so great, so affordable. And once again, we'll put a plug in. Familius has some great multicultural picture books. My Name is Cool is one that comes to mind, The Proudest Color, and you just released one that has a super diverse family dynamic. My House, My Family, I think is the title. So yeah, books are one way. Languages is another way to educate your kids about their cultural background. Formal education in the sense that there are a lot of dual immersion classes. Is that something that you see a lot of in California? Absolutely. Yeah, all the children around here speak Spanish. Yeah, so it's the same. The dual immersion where they're raising or teaching bilingual classrooms is really growing across, across the U.S. And my kids, they know a few phrases in Portuguese but we don't speak it fluently in the home. So a dual immersion program is a great way for families like us that would love to be bilingual. It's a great way to get a formal education in that. And then of course, there's traditions. Traditions are a great way to educate your kids about their multicultural background. And I have a little story. So 
like I said, I am half Japanese and we lived in Japan for five years when I was little. And they have a holiday in Japan called Hinamatsuri, which is girls day. And they celebrate by bringing out these beautiful handmade dolls. And it's a beautiful celebration of girls. And growing up in Japan, you know, when you're surrounded by the culture and everyone's celebrating it, it's easy to incorporate it into your own family culture. But then we moved to the States. We moved back to America and nobody had even heard of Hinomatsuri. And so over the years, our family just kind of stopped celebrating. It kind of fizzled out. And then when I had my two daughters, I knew it was a cultural tradition that I wanted to bring back and incorporate into their upbringing. But I didn't know what day it was on. It'd been so long since we celebrated it. I didn't know what day Hinomatsuri was celebrated. And so I turned to a resource and we'll put in a, a plug-in for the internet. You can learn things on the internet. And so I looked up what day Hinomatsuri was celebrated on. It's on March 3rd. And I also learned just by reading different articles, the history behind the celebration. And that's something I, I didn't know growing up. We didn't talk about the history much. And so as a parent of multicultural children, when you're raising them, there's a nice little bonus that you get to learn new things too. And that's super exciting as a parent. I love the idea of Girls' Day. We created Kids' Day, but yours sounds even better. (laughs) (laughs) And every day probably is a Kids' Day. Okay, so now we've learned about celebrations, learned about education, these resources. But how about in their own community? How can people get involved in in the cultural aspects of their own community where they live? Yeah, so we talked about celebrate, educate, and now we're onto our last pillar, which is participate. And this is about getting out of your comfort zone. If you're an introvert like me, and you use resources like the internet and the library that is very minimal contact with others. Participate is one that really forces you to get out of your comfort zone and find communities and make connections to help you as a parent and to help your kids. So communities can be in person or they can be virtual. And one thing that I've noticed is that there are pockets of multicultural communities all around us, and they would love nothing more than for people to support them. So whether it's something as extensive as as joining a board for a multicultural community or volunteering or even just attending their events that they host, it's a great way to participate in the multicultural communities. We've been front things like Asian festivals. We've been to luau's. We've been to various religious baptisms and communities they've themselves. So like your, your neighborhood or your city, I've also seen an increase in the diversity of events that they hold, the different cultures that they celebrate and raise awareness for. And so I encourage listeners just to take a look at your city's event calendar and see what things your kids would be interested in and what you can do to support those events. Fantastic. Educate, celebrate, participate. We can remember those three. Yeah. I try to make it simple. Like I said, parents have a lot on their plate. They don't need more to remember. But we can expand our horizons. One of my very favorite things to do as a young man was to go to the Greek festival or to go to Oktoberfest to make sure that, particularly for the food. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, Yeah, no, but that's a great point is a lot of parents when looking at events think, oh, well, I can't afford to get to enter this event with all my kids, but there are great resources. You know, you don't have to travel to Greece to experience Greek culture. There are festivals, there are things like museum exhibits that are free to the public. So you can quote unquote travel without having to pay for a a flight ticket. There you go. Okay. Any last thoughts that you want to encourage us as parents to get involved in multicultural parenting and what we can do to just celebrate, educate, and participate? 
Yeah. So being a parent to multicultural children, like I said, it's such a wonderful opportunity for you as a family to grow and learn together. So those two habits, love together and learn together, that's definitely what multicultural parenting is all about. And I know that I gave a lot of suggestions. It might've felt like a list, but save this podcast, listen to it again. And I hope that by listening, it has, it's also sparked a few more ideas in your minds of things that you can do with your family. And I hope listeners understand that this is not an all or nothing process. And there will be highs or lows as with every parenting, every parenting situation. And so I, I mentioned earlier that my husband and I took our kids to an Asian festival, which is a great way for me to check my box on participate. Did it? Done it? We're good for the month. But while there, you know, my daughter had a meltdown because the snow cone line was too long. It was 90 degrees. My kids were hot and sweaty. And then the line to the bathroom was too long too. And you know what? The next year it was even hotter and we didn't go and that's okay. And so multicultural parenting is all about providing options and ideas. And then you as a parent will, you'll shape shift and incorporate what works for your family. You get to pick and choose and piece together what's best for your family. Because as a parent, you do know what's best for your family. You know your limits and you know your time constraints. And so you incorporate multicultural parenting in a way that works for you. And one of the best ways is to utilize your family. That's a resource I didn't touch on, but I think is super important. Your family members are wells of knowledge and experience. So reach out to them and have them share stories of their lives growing up with your kids. Go through photo albums, go through journals, things that really make the culture personal to your children. Things like decorating your home with cultural decor so that they they are raised surrounded by it. So yes, you start where you are with multicultural parenting and you you just go from there. Great advice. Now, it's important for parents to know more about you. So where can our guests find you online? Yeah, I, I would love for guests to come join the multicultural parenting conversation. So you can find me online at multiculturalparenting.com or on Instagram, which the handle is at multiculturalparenting. Wonderful. Now, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familias for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you chose a book from Familias. One step at a time, one book at a time, we can make the world a happier place. <laughs>